You're listening to Flourish Weekly with Pastor Jen. We know you'll be encouraged by today's talk. Hey y'all, welcome back to Flourish Weekly. Thanks for being here again this week. You guys are tuning in week after week um, and letting me hear from you. Last week's episode um, just really spoke to so many of you to dream again. Um, And it's my prayer that this week you're seeing light at the end of the tunnel, you're hoping again, um, you have an expectation for your future, and that some of that despair and discouragement is starting to fall away and you're finding yourself dreaming again. That's my prayer for you this week. And so, so many of you reached out and said last week's episode um, encouraged you. And so if you haven't had a chance, go back and listen to it. Um, for sure, it will strengthen you and it'll uh, help you to kind of shake off some of the despair and hopelessness that you may be struggling with. So this week, I want to talk to you guys about contentment. Um, What is contentment? Where does it come from? And how are we living in a day and age where our contentment is absolutely under attack. Our contentment is constantly being um, challenged. Our contentment is trying to be ripped from us and robbed from us. And what is God really wanting and calling us to when he talks to us about contentment? So let's just open up. Um, Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, I love you so much. Thanks for being here. I pray that you would help me to communicate contentment from your heart. Lord, that you would help me to speak directly from your heart to whoever's listening today, anyone who might be struggling with contentment and doesn't even realize it. Lord, that you would open our eyes to see, speak to us, strengthen us, encourage us, and challenge us by today's word and today's conversation. We love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, Amen. So in talking about contentment, I was talking to a good pastor friend of mine this weekend, and she was sharing her heart on contentment. Um, And I just really think that contentment is under fire. I think that there is a subconscious discontent in our world, and we don't even realize that we are discontented. Um, Contentment is under fire. Anytime that you're on social media, anytime that you're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is that you're on, your, your contentment is really being affected by the images that you're seeing. And why is that? Well, it's because you're seeing something that's perfect. You know, there is no vacation that is as perfect as it's portrayed on Instagram. Every vacation has mosquitoes. <laughs> Every vacation has humidity or freezing temperatures or rain or traffic or arguments or you know, flat tires or delayed flights or, you know, grumpy family members. Look, vacations are not the perfect image that you see on Instagram. And I think that because of social media and not just because of social media, because even Paul talked about contentment. He said that he had, he learned to be content in all things. Um, and this was a man who was shipwrecked. He was uh, put in prison he had been through it all. He'd been through, you know, being the most popular guy. And then he had been through being absolutely hated. So, and he said that he had learned to be content in all things. And so obviously this is not just something that's going on with our generation. This is something that's been going on for a very, very long time. But personally, I believe that the generation that we are in now is one of the most discontented generations that's ever lived. And I think it has a lot to do with images and social media and media in general. Um, You know, 
I noticed that a lot of young people, younger people, and even not younger people, people my age, people that are older, struggle with idealism. And I want you to really listen and be challenged by this today. What do I mean by struggling with idealism? Well, if you are on social media and you're scrolling through and you're seeing the perfect church, the perfect family, the perfect workplace, the perfect vacation, the perfect body, the perfect good-looking man or the perfect good-looking woman, the perfect spouse, all of these things that we're seeing, the perfect home even, with the perfect furniture and the perfect lighting and the perfect meal that's been cooked, that the truth behind all of those photos is that a lot of time and effort and energy went into making that image perfect for Instagram or perfect for TikTok, or perfect for Facebook. A lot of time and effort went into making sure the lighting was right, making sure the tomato was put on the plate just right. A lot of time and effort and and a lot of work went into creating that image. Sometimes it's even Photoshopped. I believe most of the time it's Photoshopped. There's all kinds of apps out there that people are using now to make sure that their image is perfect. And when I say their image, I mean the actual photo, but then I also want to take that a step further and they're making sure their image, the image of themselves, the image they present to the world is perfect. You guys remember, if you're if you're old enough to remember a regular like roll of film that you had to put in the camera, take on vacation, take family pictures, bring it home, send it off in an envelope. It came back two weeks later, and then you finally got to find out, did any of those pictures turn out? Well, honestly, none of those pictures were ever perfect. If you guys look back at old family photos, it's just very raw and real, and it's just the moments. It's just the memories, right? But now when we take an image or we take a photo, we're like, oh, take it again. And I'm not saying, I mean, I'm saying I do this too. If I go on vacation, I'm like, babe, let's go get a picture. And we take a picture for several, we take several takes until we get one that I really like. Um, And that's the image that I put up on my social. So what I'm trying to say is because of all of this um, tweaking and perfecting and all of this that we have in putting up an image, Now the consumer of that image, the consumers of that image start to subconsciously create an idealistic mindset. And I have had to fight this myself, even in running a church and running a ministry and um, other things that I do in my life. I'll get on there sometimes, I'll get on Instagram and I'm just scrolling through on a Sunday morning or a Sunday afternoon and I subconsciously I'm comparing myself with all of these other churches. I'm comparing myself and our church with all of these different images. You know, I don't know anything about that church. I don't know anything about the pastor or the staff or I don't know what's going on behind that one image. And so we have to really guard from idealism because an idealistic mindset, okay, what does that even mean? An idealistic mindset means you expect your life to be ideal. You expect when you go on a vacation, it's like this subconscious need that you don't maybe even realize is there. You go on a trip and subconsciously you're expecting it to be ideal. You're expecting it to be perfect. You're expecting it to be photoshopped the entire trip. And that's not reality. It's just not real life. Real life is full of real human interaction, real human 
behaviors, real human moods and personalities. And not only that, but weather and, you know, life happens. You know, sometimes the perfect lunch is brought to your table and it's cold and you have to send it back and ask them to warm it. These little things that are imperfect is what make life real. And we have to be careful that we're not living in a false reality of expecting things to be perfect. When your expectation is for things to be photoshopped and perfect, you will always, always, always be disappointed. And we live in a generation of people who are walking around disappointed subconsciously. They're disappointed because their life isn't living up to the level and the expectation of what they're seeing on social media. There's, you have to be careful not to compare your spouse with someone's spouse that's on social media or compare your um, face even. like The reality is, is that none of us are the perfect photoshopped person. We have to be really careful because I feel, I believe with all of my heart that this is a um, disappointment to God, to the heart of God, when he has given us so much that we continue to live in a state of discontentment, when we continue to live in a state of being, um, of not being grateful, when we continue to live in a state of being disappointed and God's sitting back going, number one, I gave you my son. I gave you my very best when I gave you my spotless, perfect son to die on the cross for our sin and for our shame. I gave you that. And then not only that, but he's given us friends and family and the blessing of living in America and the blessing of the financial blessing. He's given us a home. He's given us so much to be grateful for. And yet we subconsciously are living in a state of discontentment. And it's very sad and it's very grieving. And I believe God's calling us to a place of gratitude. Gratitude has a lot to do with contentment. If you're struggling with discontentment, really check your level of gratitude. Because as you release gratitude, as you release joy and and you stop and you look around, this is really something you should be practicing every single day. You should really stop and release gratitude every day of your life. Every morning, you should stop and say, Lord, thank you. You know, I make it a practice. This is one of my greatest practices in life is that when I'm going through a hard time, when I'm struggling, I sit down, I slow down, and I begin to just talk to God about what I'm grateful for. Not for what I need changed, not for what I need him to do, but I start to just name things that I'm grateful for. And I start to praise him over those things. Lord, I praise you and thank you for Matt and for the marriage you've given us. I praise you and I thank you for the relationships that I have, for for the relationship that I have with my parents, for the relationship that I have with Matt's parents, for the, the friendships that you've given me, for the home that you've given me, for the things that you've brought me through, the hard times that you've brought me through. Thank you. And as I begin to release gratitude and thanks, I am telling you guys, something breaks in my heart and something changes in my perspective and something changes in my life every single time. And if I'll do that, things start to shift. My vision starts to shift. My situation might be exactly the same, but my vision has now shifted to the magnitude of how big God is, how capable he is, how good he is. And now I'm not so worried about the situation because I know I'm in good hands. Gratitude is such a powerful tool, a powerful thing 
that God has given us to use in our lives. It's praise. It's, it's, it's exalting and magnifying God over our situation. And if we'll do that, I'm telling you, your perspective and your vision will change. I see people every day of my life. I interact with people who don't have a gratitude, who don't have a, a spirit of gratitude over their life. And I see them, they're discontented. They're unhappy. They don't even realize it. This is, I was reading in a book recently, Um, It's called Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership. And she was talking about subconscious discontentment and idealism fueled by images, just like we talked about. And she really honed in on that subconscious discontentment that we don't realize is there, that we have to stop and we have to acknowledge and we have to admit humbly, you know what? I think I might be struggling with that. I don't know how many times I've brought this up to people and I've said, you know, is it from social media? You would not believe the number of people that are either believing a lie or they're discontented or they're unhappy or, you know, and they come to me and I'm counseling them. You would not believe the number of people that tell me it's not that I'm not on social media very much. And that in and of itself is a lie. Now, there is an exception to this rule. Some of you out there may be listening and you're just not on social media much. Good for you. I think you're probably healthier than the rest of us. But most people, if you check your phone and you check the hours that you're on there in a day, most people are on there an ungodly amount of time. And if even, but but let me dial this back. Even if you're on Twitter for an hour a day, or 30 minutes a day, you're being fed what you're seeing. Even if you're on Instagram for an hour a day or less, which most people aren't, most people are on there for six plus hours a day. But even if you're on there very little, you have to admit to yourself that it's affecting you. It would be ignorant of us to say, it's not affecting me. I'm not on there very much. That's a proud statement. That's a self-protective statement. And it's just not true. The reality is, is that we humble ourselves and we say, and I'm telling you right now for myself that this affects me. Um, Social media affects us. Media affects us. Movies affect us. The books we read affect us. The images that are coming in front of our face day in and day out, they affect us. And if we're humble enough to say it does affect me for good or for bad. Now it may be affecting us for good. If we're following people who are encouraging, if we're following people who are full of truth, if we're following people who are speaking the word and and are a good role model and a good image, then that's great. But if you're following anything that um, creates a subconscious discontentment, an idealistic attitude, um, a feeling of not being enough, a feeling of your spouse isn't enough, your home isn't enough, a feeling of needing more, a feeling of just it's never enough, then we've got a problem and we've got to really surrender that back to the Lord. And I would challenge you. I really want to, I really want you to hear me. I would challenge you to do a social media fast, you know, ever so often do one full week where you're not on social media, do 21 days. If you can even just do one day, do whatever you can, where you set it down and you say, God, I'm just going to reset and I'm not going to look at anything. I'm going to live in the real world for a day. And I'm not going to look at that. I just really want to challenge you. And I wasn't going to talk about social media this much, but I'm feeling so led that some peop- some of you listening have wondered where your discontentment's coming from. You've wondered where, um, you know, your unhappiness or your, your, your lack of contentment and happiness and joy, where is it? Where, where's the drain? You know, it's almost like 
there's a pool, it's full of water, and someone's poked a hole in the bottom, and it's draining out. Your joy is draining out. Your contentment is draining out. Your your happiness, your sense of, of being is draining out. Well, a lot of times the hole is social media. And if it's not social media, I want to go beyond that because I know so many of you out there that listen really aren't on social media very much, and it's not your issue. Um, but you still struggle with discontentment. Maybe you have to check your gratitude level like we talked about earlier. Um, but as I was talking to this pastor friend of mine this weekend, she brought up 1 Timothy 6.6, 6, which says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And so it's one thing to work on our godliness. It's one thing to work on our character, to be like Christ, to have godliness within us, to have godliness deep down on the inside of us. But with contentment is great gain. That verse is so powerful because it doesn't just say godliness is great gain. It says godliness with contentment. How many of us strive to be godly and then we struggle to be content? And it's this, this can apply to physical things. This can apply to, to material things. You know, how, how, how content are you with the things in your life? Do you have an, an unhealthy drive for better, for bigger, for more, for more, for more? Well, that can get off into idolatry even. I mean, let's be real. And I'm talking to myself today too, guys. This is not just a message for you. This is a message for all of us because I feel like we live in such a generation, in such a world world of more, 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 more. I mean, everywhere you turn, someone's trying to sell you something. Everywhere you turn, someone's putting a product in front of your face and wanting you to buy it. And it's like, I need that. And then we live in the Amazon Prime generation where we can have whatever we want delivered to our door in two days. More, more, more. And... Is that an idol in your life? Are the material things, do you need them to feel satisfied? Are you getting your satisfaction from material things? Are you getting your satisfaction from um, having more, having more money, having more um, status, having more, you know, physical things? That's something that we need to check. And I'm going to tell you the best way to check that at the door is generosity. We talked about gratitude being how we overcome discontentment. Well, if we go over to the materialism and the idolatry of material things, the best way to overcome that is to be generous, to be a giver. I check this. I do my best, guys, to check this constantly because I do like to buy things. I do. I like things. I like to buy clothes. I like to throw parties. I like to... um, I I like to buy things. I like to go shopping. I like to online shop. I love Amazon. But I I purposefully check this by being generous. There are times that all I have in my pocket is a $20 bill, and I will hand it to someone. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. Look, I'm not trying to brag. That is not the heart of this. You guys know that about me. I'm just trying to show you an example of my own personal um, challenges, my own personal struggles. I don't want to be materialistic. I don't want to be greedy. Uh, as God blesses me with more and more, I always want to give more and more. As God blesses me with more, I want to give more. And that's how I want to live my life. And the only way to do that is to be intentional about it. Every day, every week, every month, am I giving? Am I giving? Am I inviting people over? Let me ask you a question. When is the last time that you invited someone over to bless them without anything in return. 
When is the last time you had someone over just to bless them, just to be with them and never asked for anything in return? And the reason that I bring that up is because this goes back to idealism. And I learned this. I'll never forget when this clicked for me. I wouldn't have people over to my house um, because I had an idealistic mindset. I had a small, beautiful house that I loved deeply. That's actually my Airbnb now. But I loved that house. But in my mind, it wasn't enough. I felt like it wasn't uh, something to be proud of, which is a a terrible mindset because looking back, it was such a blessing and such a beautiful home. But in my mind, comparing it to the images that I'd seen, it wasn't enough. And I didn't want to invite people over. Um, and this goes over also into cooking. I'll never forget. I saw some, I saw a girl, um, talking about this and she said she always struggled with hospitality and being generous and inviting people over into her home because she had an idealistic mindset of what the meal had to be. You know, I grew up in a very Southern home. My mom and my grandma and everybody were big time cooks and they would always put on these incredible made from scratch meals. Well, in my 20s, I'm like, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. I don't have the time to do that. I, I'm that's not. It's I'm not capable of doing that. And so then what I would do is just never cook for anybody. And I'll never forget when it clicked for me. And I was like, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be ideal. For heaven's sakes, order pizza and just have people over. Or, you know, go out and do a really simple crock pot meal or, or just make some pancakes for heaven's sakes. It doesn't have to be this idealistic, incredible recipe every single time. And then what was crazy about this is when I let go of the idealism, when I let go of things having to be perfect and incredible and five star and 10, 10 out of 10 every time, then The creativity started to flow and then I was able to do some pretty delicious recipes that were simple and cheap and and quick and amazing for people. It's like it unlocked something in me. But if you're holding back from loving people and if you're holding back from life, and I really want you to hear me, if you are holding back from life because you're waiting for it to be ideal or you're embarrassed that it's not ideal or you're holding back because it's not perfect, You're struggling with the idolatry and the discontentment from your idealism. And I really want us to stop this and humble ourselves and give this to the Lord and change our perspective through gratitude and through um, generosity and through being gracious. And I think we need to be more gracious. We need gracious meaning we need to extend more grace to ourselves and to people. And so look, contentment, is something God's calling us to. Contentment is something that God loves to see in our hearts. And it's something that he, not only he loves to see, but that he wants to see in our hearts because he knows it's a place of peace. Contentment, um, uh, my pastor friend, Pastor Daphne, she said this, she said, contentment is an inward sufficiency. It's like, you know what? It's enough. Life is enough. I'm content. Now, whenever I say that, I even feel inside of me, I'm like, I don't like that. Well, why? Because I like to be driven. Okay, so there's this balance and there's this truth that we have to gain. And that is you can be driven and pursue the best 
and be a person of purpose and be a person of goals, a goal-oriented person, a person who's making things better. This is not a message of you sitting back and accepting things as as um, half-hearted or half haphazard or or unexcellent. Obviously, that is not what I'm saying. Okay, what we're saying is we're ha- we want to have a heart of contentment, a heart that's that's has inward sufficiency. Like I'm content with who God is. I'm content with who God's created me to be. I am grateful and content for the things that he's given me. And at the same time, I have purpose and I am driven, but I'm grateful for today. And see, a lot of times driven people, they miss today. Driven people, we forget about today. And that is a a place of discontentment. I'm so driven that all I can think about is next week, next month, next year. Goals, 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 goals. Where do we want to be next? Where do we want to go? Where do we want to be? And a lot of times that creates a culture of discontentment where we're not looking right at today and going, man, what is good today? What am I missing in today? And I've been reading this book, um, Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership, and she talks a lot about this. Being content in today. You know, what is happening in today, what is happening right in front of you that you can acknowledge and see and be grateful about and content. You might be living in a season right now. Get this and I'm close. This, you might be living in a season right now, guys. I might be living in a season right now that is the season I looked forward to 10 years ago. I might be living in a season right now that is the season I hoped for five years ago. Think about that. Are we, are we acknowledging the season that we are in? Did you pray for that spouse when you were single? Did you pray for that child before you had that child? Did you pray for growth in your business and now you're seeing it, but you're, but it's not, it's not bringing you contentment. Did you pray for that house to get out of an apartment maybe and move into a home and now you're living in that home, but you're discontented in it? We have to check this, guys. It is not pleasing to the heart of God for us to live dissatisfied, unhappy, and discontented. He's calling us to a place of contentment, number one, in Him, where He's enough. At the end of the day, Jesus is enough. He is. All of that other stuff, all of those other goals, all of that other striving, all of that other pushing and pressing, some of that is is a result of, of our walk with him, but all of that gets pushed aside and at the at the at the forefront and at the start, Jesus is enough. He is to to make you content. He is actually the only thing that will bring contentment and true happiness deep within our souls. And then from that place of contentment in him and our relationship with him, from that, then we have healthy relationships that bring joy. We have healthy businesses that bring joy. We have financial gain that brings excitement. We have, you know, growth in business, growth in church, growth in these different areas that's exciting and fun and wonderful, but it is not required for our true contentment and our true happiness. All right. I hope this has ministered to you. I hope that it's challenged you. And if you have any questions or if something maybe didn't make quite sense or you have you have ideas or thoughts on this, please reach out to me. I love having conversations with you. Let me know that you listened and um, let me know, you know, if it strengthened you or encouraged you in any way. I love so much to hear from you guys. I hope you have a wonderful week. I want you to really look, here's here's the the action point for this week. I want you to stop 
slow down and spend five minutes every morning just releasing gratitude and releasing you know that that heart of thanksgiving and that heart of praise and then ask god lord help me to walk in contentment forgive me for any idolatry forgive me for any greed forgive me for any discontentment and bring me back to a place where you're enough where you fill me where you completely fill me up and i am truly content in you heal that place in my heart set me free and i wanted i want to do right i want to be right with you lord And I pray that for y'all today in Jesus' name. Have a great week. I love you so much. And I'll talk to you soon. I want to hear from you. Have a great week. Love you. We're so glad you joined us today on Flourish Weekly. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a friend and tag us on social media. You can also connect with Pastor Jen on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening.